As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome into the All Ball Podcast. It's your boy, Doug Gottlieb. We are T-minus at the time of this recording, so this will drop Friday morning. So we're T-minus hours away from the NBA season concluding. I really believe that. And this is not a shot at the Miami Heat. They're a great story. They got some good young players. I think Jimmy Butler has, has exuded gr- tremendous leadership. But this thing's about to come to an end. Why? LeBron James. And, and here's my assumption. Do I think LeBron James has been perfect through the NBA playoffs? No. But if you look when he's played his best, it's been closeout games. You give him an extra day off. You give him the incentive of going home to his kids. All these guys want to get the hell out of there. And the chance to win his fourth NBA championship is a wrap. You know, he's been, he's been saving everything up. Look, if the, he can win that game, can win game five, I really, uh, you know, I have no idea what he will have left in the tank. But I just don't see it happening. And I, I'm just I'm impressed by his ability to pace himself, his ability to get others to play at this magic level. Um, and we're going to talk with Mo, who w- was in the video room with both the Clippers and the Spurs um, about, uh, you know, you have two coaches that are video room guys. It started there and worked their way up and now are tremendous. Everybody respects, uh, I think, Eric Spolstra. I do think it's really interesting. Frank Vogel has done an amazing job with this team. But but one of the reasons that you know, one of the reasons that team tanked last year, the Lakers did, was because LeBron lost confidence in them. And I think the opposite is true this year. He exuded and maybe maybe some of it was false confidence, but he, he seemed to always have confidence in Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis became his second in command, and they gave confidence to some of these other guys. Like KCP, dude's playing hard. I've I've never been a KCP fan, but I will tell you, watch him. He's playing his balls off in terms of his level of effort. We know Caruso plays hard. Obviously, Rondo's given them a bunch. Um, and, and, and Kuzma doesn't play smart, per se, does some crazy things, but he is playing much harder 
than his reputation would tell you. And I think that's LeBron's leadership. I think the season comes to an end. This is not a, a historic run in terms of the teams they've gone through, but it will be a historic run in terms of they went into the bubble and the Clippers got kind of melted down because of it. And they didn't. And they're going to come out champions. So he's going to win four and all of our shows are going to talk about him versus Jordan. I don't think I, I don't think he's Jordan. I think he's magic. He's a better version of magic where, you know, this is how magic was late in his career. Obviously they didn't win in 91 when they lost to Jordan, but it was the ability to get others to play at a magic level, magical level up until it was the point in which you could take over. Now, do I think there's going to be some sort of, um, that's because there's going to be any sort of dynasty here. Probably not. Like I, I wonder what he looks like next year, whenever they get to the playoffs in terms of his level of fatigue. And I also think that the competition is going to be much stiffer. The Clippers are going to figure it out. They got too many good players or too many good stars to do it, to not figure it out. I think the Warriors will be back next year. Really do. Uh, the Mavericks will probably be like the Rockets used to be where, really, really good offensively, just probably not good enough defensively to win it. Th- that's my last thing that I want to point out before we get to Mo Decchio. Um the, the, the non-basketball guy, the, the guy on TV who just is hot taker is going to talk about the greatness of LeBron and blah, 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 blah. But to all of us basketball guys, and you're listening to this, if you love the stories of basketball, the stories of, of sport, the story of the L.A. Lakers is this. That's the best defensive team in the league. They play unbelievably hard. And and I I remember talking to, I'm not going to tell you who it was, a former NBA player who became a college coach, and he's like, you know the thing about college basketball that's not like the NBA is if college basketball, you just get guys to play hard. You can win games just by playing hard. In the NBA, you can't. It's not just about you just if you have stars, they're just better players, which there's some truth to that. Like they do have the two best players in the series. But I would say what's carried this team is their level of effort, the percentage of plays in which they play hard defensively. Have they had to get LeBron to play faster offensively? Sure. Have they had to get Anthony Davis to be more assertive offensively? Sure. Have they had to put Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler because his length gives him trouble? Yes. And then, by the way, they're not they haven't changed their coverage. In going under screens, it's once Anthony Davis guards you, now he's automatically, it, their coverage is the same. It's just based upon Anthony Davis's coverage is always going under screens because of his length that makes sense. So I, I think what should be remembered about this Laker team and really about the Heat is you can you can get your team to play hard and that does that does help you have regular and postseason success above the normal level of your athletic gifts which is normally something reserved for college college coaches are famous for getting you to play hard pro coaches are famous for trying to get everybody make everybody happy and let the stars be the stars and they go it's a make or miss league but the truth is effort is important especially defensive effort and both of these teams play incredibly hard defensively the lakers just better and have a little bit better skill position players Mo DiCchio is a guy who's been in NBA front office, front office has actually been the video coordinator for the Clippers, the Spurs, and the Australian men's basketball team. He, he writes for Bleacher Report, also does podcasts for The Athletic, and he's the founder of JumpBall.net. It's kind of have to spend some time with us here as we get ready for what I think is the conclusion of the NBA bubble season. 
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Mo, let, let, let's start with LeBron. Um, how do you think he's played? Not, not just in comparison to any other player, but to a superstar player. Your thoughts on LeBron five, uh, what, what are we, five games in? Four games in. Four games in going into five. I think he's played... Well, I don't think he's been the most amazing LeBron we've seen uh, in the finals in general, but I think he's played well. He was, you know, the best Laker, I think, in game three. And even then they, you know, in their loss, even then he wasn't good. I mean, with all the turnovers he had. But overall, I just think, you know, he's he's been consistent, at least stats-wise. You know, so for me, it's not the best LeBron performance in the playoffs or in the finals yet, but... You know, we we also know when it's closing time, he tends to show up uh, a little more uh, ready to go. Yeah, no, no, I I I kind of think this, I kind of think this sets up really nicely for him. He gets an extra day off. Uh, everybody I've talked to is ready to go home. Like they're all like, we're done, and right. he hasn't played. He he hasn't done the game seven against the Spurs, LeBron thing yet, and it really sets up well for him, especially considering the matchups, like. Outside, you know, Iguodala is on his last legs. Jimmy Butler can guard him some, but there's they they're starting to get to where they're not daring him to shoot, but they are giving him some of those shots off ball screens, playing underneath some of them. So I I feel like I feel like he's going to have a huge game five. They're going to win, and people who love LeBron will be like, see, he was dominant, and because most of America didn't watch, like, yeah, okay, LeBron's the best. Where it was. He was a little hit, but he looks a little different than in previous NBA final series. And he's not, they're not playing against the best of the best with the heat. Yeah. And I think also this kind of goes to how it's been throughout the, this round of the playoffs, you know, his best games, I think in each series was the closing, you know, elimination game, knocking the other team out. You know, he dropped 38 against Portland. He had 29 and, uh, a triple double against Houston. He had 36 and another triple double against Denver. Like you know, I think when he sees the uh, closing time, I think that's where it goes. And I think you're right. It just kind of sets up perfectly. You know, AD was great the first two games, and you know he had the terrible game three. And I think that's going to kind of hinder. You know, we're all talking. This is going to be Finals MVP conversation. I think that's going to kind of hurt him, especially if LeBron has a monster game to close out this series and, and win his fourth title. Um, is it fair to say that in terms of basketball athletic talent, Anthony Davis is the is the more prominent Laker and the better Laker? Yeah, I just look at the time where we're at in, in their careers. You know, LeBron's slowing down as much as people don't want to admit it. Right. You know, he's in year 17. It's not a it's not a shot. He's Still really good right. in his 17th season. But, you know, AD's entering into that prime age, you know, where we're going to start to expect to see him kind of hit another stride and, and take it to another level. And I think just athletically where his body's at and things like that, it, it, it's just it's nature at this point, you know, and, and normal. So I think that's kind of where we're at. LeBron probably has the better IQ, but, you know, he's hitting that age. Where, and I'm hitting it now, too. I'm, I'm feeling it myself, where my mind thinks I can do something. My body's like, no, no, you can't do that. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my game. <laughs> okay, so so help me out. I, I mean, I've heard people say like, well, this is the beginning of what could be a dynasty. Like, I, I'm not sure I see it that way. Now, the Lakers can make some adjustments. Um, maybe they move Kuzma. I don't, I don't know what their feelings are truthfully on that. But let's be honest, this is a year in which the Clippers were a bit of a mess down the stretch, but they, they're clearly going to be a challenger. Um, the Golden State Warriors essentially took the year off. They're going to be a challenger. I, I think the Nuggets, this was a year earlier than maybe they even thought they could challenge. Um, Donovan Mitchell is going to be a problem for years to come. We'll see how that relationship with Gobert kind of works out. I, I'm not a big I'm not not big on the Rockets. I don't think they'll be a challenger in the future, but they're always kind of around. And as of now, they do have two star players. And then of course you got Portland. My, and then you know when I'm talking about Brooklyn's going to be legit next year, the Celtics should be better. Um, the 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 Bucks should be back as well. Like this is a great opportunity for him to win his fourth ring. But I think on paper it looks like it'll be prohibitively more difficult next year. Yeah, I think the the talk of dynasty is a bit much. You know, I think everybody's kind of looking past really what the the NBA is going to be stacked next year, and that's going to be in both conferences. You know, you, we didn't even mention Dallas in yeah, I didn't in know the you're West. right. Yeah, you know, uh, 
as they're probably not going to be a contender, but New Orleans is going to be better next year. You know, there's there's a whole slew of teams in the West alone where you're just kind of looking at it going, you know, there's going to be 12 teams fighting for eight spots. And that's that's the scenario. Even in the East, the teams you mentioned, you know, I don't think Toronto's going anywhere anytime soon. I think, you know, Washington could be interesting depending with John Wall, you know, how he comes back from the injury and, you know, basically a year and a half, it feels like, you know, of, of not playing. But it's just too much to say the Lakers are going to be there next year. I mean, if I had to bet, I'd probably bet the field just on the pure fact of, I think the field's going to be better. And, and maybe the Lakers make a monster move, but I don't even know, you know, even if they move Kuzma, I don't know if that's going to bring back a, a third star that nice. the Lakers think they're going to get. I mean, it's a contract thing where he, he doesn't even make that much, so you have to attach a bunch of other contracts and so on. So I just don't think this is a, a situation where we can start talking dynasty. You know, they they got to do it again next year for us to start saying, all right, this this is a dynasty. You know, we're, we're, we're so fascinated by the idea of it. I think next year is just going to be really interesting in the sense of we're going to have even more parity across the league, and it'll be much more interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you're going to see a league where you have two stars on so many different teams that it's going to be – and – um, look, some of these guys won't have played in like a year and a half. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, so so uh, I don't know if that will lead to more injuries or less injuries, higher quality of play, lower quality of play. The, the whole thing is fascinating. Why don't why I uh, look, here's what I heard about the Clippers. I know you were part of that organization previously. I, I just heard like the, the bubble. They were not a bubble team like and and the Lakers, what what made later be reported was they were in bad shape in terms of how they were doing with the bubble. And two things, actually, two or three things helped them. Right. The, the one they got Houston. And I think there's there's a general, I don't know, maybe dislike or competitiveness with Russell Westbrook um, that 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 drove them to one. And they, and they lost that first game that helped them. Um, right. But but also like I don't. I think Russell Westbrook talked a bunch of shit, and I thought that kind of woke him up a little bit. I also, if you remember, that they are two game. They had two games that were postponed because of the because of the the protests with what happened in Wisconsin, and that helped. They were exhausted mentally and physically, and then all that, and then their families arrived, and that kind of regenerated them. And then the Clippers lost. And they were like, well, fuck it. Let's just win, you know, at the time, I think they had like nine more, let's win nine more games or eight more games. And we get to go home and win a championship. Like, this is a wrap. So I, I, I do think that some things helped the, the Lakers. Why, why do you think the Clippers fell apart? I think part of it is just the lack of chemistry and continuity. You know, it's the one thing we can never really quantify. But, you know, the, they hadn't played really together all that much. I mean, the the only time they were fully healthy was the start of that Denver series, you know, where they got everybody back, and even then conditioning-wise and things like that. But the bubble itself kind of highlights your your team chemistry because those are the guys you're only seeing every day. You know, it's, it's, it's a super extended road trip. You know, I've talked about it many times. Like, when I went on the road with the team, you know, for the Grammy trip, in LA, which was a two week road trip, you know, by day seven or eight, we all hated each other. And it was just because we were always with each other. And, you know, you extend that out to two or three months. And if you don't have really the 
just the foundation of chemistry or, or camaraderie, you know, it, it gets highlighted. And I think that's kind of what brought the Clippers down more than anything. And it just sort of, the bubble showed their warts more than highlighted their skill. And I think that ultimately is kind of what I would think brought them down more than anything else. Um, what what It's interesting. We're watching two coaches who both began their NBA careers as video guys. What was that experience like for you? I mean, it was amazing. I mean, here's the thing about the video room. It's the mail room, you know, of the NBA. This is how you really kind of get into coaching if you're not a former player or uh, have have the required connections and things like that. It's the area where I learned the most and was able to study the game. You end up just watching four or five games a day, you know, breaking them down, going through plays. You're working closely with coaches. You're talking with players. You kind of start to learn things. And from that, everything, you know, the game slowed down. I was able to see things a lot easier and a lot cleaner that I probably, you know, wouldn't have if I never had that job. I would have been more just as a, a fan, wouldn't have been able to keep up with the speed. And you just you just learn so much, Doug. It's, it's honestly like you go in there and it's the graduate-level program. It's You study everything. You see it all. Now, the other thing, too, is it's not a glamorous job. Right. Long hours. You know, there were nights I slept in the office. I used to have a, a, a desk drawer that just had a pillow and a blanket for, for nights that I knew I was going to be there all night and I was going to sneak in a nap. Um, there were times where I got off the team plane at one or two in the morning and just drove to the facility to start working on something and, and just say, right, I'll just stay here tonight. You know, it's, it's, it's a very tough job and, and can really be taxing on you uh, health wise almost, but ultimately you learn so much and you develop kind of your philosophy and, and things you like, you pull plays like, you know, at one point I had like my own personal playbook of sure. plays I liked that I wanted to keep. So it's, it's all of those things. So it's fun watching, you know, Eric Spolster and Frank Vogel kind of ascend to the, to the level. I've been quietly to myself dubbing this, the video coordinator bowl, um, you, you know, and watching these two guys kind of rise up from that to get to this level. It's a lot of fun because you just know the work that they had to put in earlier and they had it at a harder time, Doug, when, you know, I didn't have the, or they didn't have the ability to record games and go back and, and break them down. They had to do things live. They had to do it off tape. Right. Uh, I remember a story coach Budenholzer told me once of, you know, when he was working in the video room in San Antonio, he used to have to call in the satellite coordinates <laughs> to get the game, yeah. you know, recorded. Sure, I mean, the, the old big satellite. Sure. Yeah, and that was, and, and then he goes like, and it was fifty-fifty. He's like, sometimes I'd get the game, sometimes I'd had some random stuff recording, and you know, it was all difficult in that sense. So you know, it's it's the job, even though it's gotten a little bit easier, it's also gotten tougher because with new technology, everybody expects more. And I think ultimately, though, it's just fun to watch these guys who've grinded because I know the grind, regardless, yeah. however easy you think the job is, it's a grind, and people think oh. it's glamorous. Look, I would fly into cities and never leave the hotel. I'd be there for, you know, we'd fly in, and it, I'd just be there breaking yeah. down games and then go to the arena and then on the next flight to the next city. So it's not – it's just a very difficult uh, job. Yeah, I I, um, I covered Jeff Bezdelic a bunch when he was in college. I remember he was at – we were at Air Force when he was at Colorado. We were sitting around, 
and he was he was on Pat Riley's staff in Miami. And he, I go, I asked him kind of the same question, like, what was it like? He's like, you want to know what it was like? He's like, we were really, really good. Really good. You know, we had Hardaway and we had Zoe and we had this great team and Riley's the best. And uh, I think, I think Jeff Van Gundy, he's like, I was with Jeff Van Gundy and we're in, in the back of a plane and I looked up and I said, uh, what city are we going to? <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> and he goes uh, I think Philadelphia. He goes, well, what city were we in? He's like, ah, we were in Charlie's. Like, Did we win? I think we won. All right, let's get back to work. Like literally it was, that's how much shit they were watching. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, um, uh, it, it's a fascinating profession that I don't think enough people, we haven't done in, in, in the media. And I'm, I don't, I'm not one of these media guys that says the media, like I'm part of the media. I've been doing this shit for 20 years, right? Or close to, so I'm part of the problem. We do a terrible job of explaining what you're talking about, which is like, look, there's basically two paths there. Okay. If you're a former player, if you're a former decent player, Right, you, you try and pop up on somebody's staff, or become a workout guy, or do the scouting thing. Uh, but it's really hard for those guys because you've been making so much money, and this is not really. And it's a like you said, a grinder job. And no matter how hard athletes think, we all think when we're athletes, we work our ass off, and you do. But you can only be in the gym a couple hours a day. And you can right. work on your like, like. There's a lot of downtime. It's not that way when you're the video guy, when you're the cream and sugar guy, right? When you're, or when you're a scout, you're flying on, you know, you're not doing real American Airlines. You're doing all the connections and the cigarette lighters to whatever college town to watch kids play or whatever. And you're watching guys that you don't really respect and you're trying to evaluate what they'll look like in two or three years. Anyway, um, so there's the, there's the route of video guy, which means make nothing, work ridiculous hours, hope to latch on to the organization or coach that rises up, star player that skips all those steps and gets a job, or somewhere in the middle, but then you're, you've, you've already spent a good portion of your life away from your family anyway. If you have a family, you don't want to do that shit. And so I, I, th- there's like three different paths. Why did you get off that path? I think ultimately I kind of got burnt out, Doug, to be honest. Like, I was doing the video job for San Antonio and, and eventually the, the Clippers while working for Team Australia. Like, I didn't even have a chance to recharge my batteries for three straight years. You know, it was as soon as the season ended in San Antonio, I flew to Australia and was part of the, the national team there working throughout the entire off season on that stuff. Then as soon as that ended, flew back, and next thing you know, I'm back in training camp all over again. And, you know, a funny side note of it is I was at the 2012 Olympics, and in our preparation, we went to China for a tournament, flew back to Australia, then then went to Europe and London. I come back, next thing you know, I'm on a flight from L.A. with the Clippers to to China to play in the, the overseas exhibition game. Right. And I was just like, I was just like, here. I, I, I was like, this is ridiculous. I, I kind of didn't even want to go. <laughs> like, I almost turned to Coach Del Negro going like, can, can we send the interns? I, I just need a break. Uh, <laughs> you know, so over time, I think it just wore me down, and, and it was a bit of a burnout. And here's the other thing, too. And, you know, it's the job is a means to an end. No, I didn't get into the NBA thinking I'm going to be a video coordinator for life. You know, I wanted to coach. I wanted to be – 
progress and move up. And I just saw when, when Doc came in, you know, he brought a, a whole staff with him, which he should, and all, all the coaches do, bring everybody you're comfortable with. But I just saw how much I dropped down in the ladder, and I had to start that climb all over again. I just wasn't interested. And even after Doc let me go, you know, I had opportunities to go to other places, and I just chose this. I don't want to start over again. I don't want to be the 45-year-old the video coordinator in the NBA, you know, and, and still grinding. So, you know, I decided to kind of just jump off that and, and almost kind of readjust to normal life and, and figure just establish a normal sleep pattern. Took me three months, you know, and, and, and to be able to get six, seven hours in a row of sleep was, was a new experience for me. So for me, it just kind of wore me down eventually. And, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't progressing enough and I, and I had to get off the, uh, the, the road there. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, <laughs> You miss it? You know, I do a little bit, and I miss the, – the thing I miss the most is the the locker room and the guys you got – the conversations I got to have with guys. You know, I was really lucky. I got to be around Tim Duncan, Monta Ginobili, Tony Parker, uh, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and all, all the guys I got to be around. It was always kind of fun. I got to have conversations with Grant Hill. You know, I still talk with Jamal Crawford from time to time, like – 
you know, I miss that. Missing the, the one in the morning breaking down film. Not one bit, man. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You know, it's the, that's what you miss as a player too, is you don't, you don't miss, uh, you don't miss practice. You miss kind of the locker room stuff. You miss the bus rides and the funny conversations and seeing weird, seeing crazy things, you know, like I, I told this story on, on my radio show where, so my first year, I had this crazy first year where, um, Herbert Doy was my agent and they had changed some of the rules. So I was supposed to play as an Israeli, but they had the Bozeman A and Bozeman B. And so, uh, inner performance is just, they, they started their own team and we were living in Varese, Italy, and we we're going to play out of St. Petersburg but I didn't get my passport because I had to live in Israel to get an Israeli passport. So, and they already had uh, Mr. Jennings, Keith, Mr. Jennings is the American point guard. So I ended up like training with them for like two months, then go into the Lakers uh, uh, mini camp, then go into the CBA. I beat out like 13 dudes to make the, uh, the Idaho stampede. But then Randy Livingston got cut like, from the Bulls like two days before the season started. So the day before we're about to, the, the two days before the season's about to start, we're going to play an exhibition game against College of Southern Idaho. And I thought it was like started, uh, fighting for a starting spot in the CBA team. And they don't play me. And I was like, what the fuck? And turns out I got cut because Randy Livingston was coming to town. Makes sense. He's, you know. So then I go and I'm like doing radio in Oklahoma City. I play in the IBA with the Salina Rattlers for six games, I go and play for a team in Russia. I've been there a couple of weeks. We played a game in St. Petersburg. We go to Moscow. And, like, literally I had been, people had been taking me places and pointing out stuff that, and ordering me food because I couldn't speak the language. I just would say, eta, 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 which is that, right? <laughs> so we go to Moscow, and our best player is a guy named Sergei Chikalkin. Chica was what they called him. And and we had a lot of Russians and other guys that had played outside of Russia, so they spoke English. But most of them didn't talk to me, and there was no other American on the team at the time. And so we get to, Mo- we land in Moscow, and like it's the grayest, ugliest, it's not, uh, it wasn't like their best, Chermetova, their best airport. It's one of the, off- and we go to the hotel, and I'm literally like about to go into my room, and the guy Chica taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, McDonald's? And I was like, <laughs> Hell yeah, McDonald's. And he's like, we go. And so I was like, I threw my bags down. I grabbed my rubles. You know, I threw on a big parka and a beanie cap. And we went and we, I followed him on the subway. And we get off and we're at that big McDonald's in like downtown Moscow. And there's like no lines there. And he's like, go, like, you just like got to fight for yourself. You order. And I mean, I hadn't eaten McDonald's in years. And it, it I mean, it tasted like a filet mignon to me. And he goes, good, right? I was like, yeah, it's good. He's like, America? I was like, yeah, sort of, you know, (laughs) right? But it was like a life. Those are the things that you miss, right? Right. You don't miss the, hey, man, let's go do three-man weave. Like, man, if I do three-man weave one more time, I'll punch somebody right in the face, right? So, you know, (laughs) like. like, It's it's that stuff. It's the the stuff that you can't really, it's the, those are the memories we take with us, right? You know. We, some of the games we remember and things yeah. like that, but that's ultimately the the fun stuff, and that's really kind of what what makes it, you know, makes you able to stay doing it. You know, I was able to grind because I was able to enjoy myself with those guys, and and it, you know, it's tough when you're in a situation when it's a group of guys you don't really like. Um, I I love Chris Paul. You saw Chris Paul at just about peak Chris Paul. Um, what was that like? 
I mean, it was amazing, you know, watching him kind of come in. And people got to remember what the Clippers were before he got there. You know, we were an up-and-coming team. We had the possibility of being the eighth seed. Like, this is we're coming off of the uh, lockout. I remember Blake coming into the video room talking to me and, and, and our one of our interns. Uh, and, and we were sort of having a conversation, and Blake's lining up going, like, I like our schedule. Things break right. You know, we might be able to sneak into the playoffs. Flash forward a few weeks later, we trade for Chris Paul, and now we're talking about a championship. You know, and he kind of raised that level. And he, he comes in, and I, you know, I talk with him, what do you need video-wise and stuff? And he, he wants, you know, we have an iPad set up for him with games and things like that. He's watching everything. We're, we're kind of constantly talking. And then, you know, the most amazing thing, going back to just some of the fun stuff, like there were times where I had to sub in for the three-on-three for guys kind of coming back. And the, you know, from injuries and stuff like that. And Doug, we'll be honest, I don't belong anywhere near that court. But, you know, I'm on the court with Chris and Grant and, and you know, I think Roni Turioff, Ryan Hollins, and our strength guy, Rich Williams. And I'll never forget it because Chris threw a pass that was so amazing that everybody stopped. It somehow landed perfectly into Grant Hill's hands, but it felt like it went through uh you know, Roni Turioff and, 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 and just landed right in his hands. And everybody stopped, including Grant, and just kind of looked at Chris like, how the hell did you get that there? You know, and it was just kind of that sort of stuff, that brilliance from him in that sense. Watching that stuff was, was amazing. And then our first couple of games, you know, we had him and Chauncey Billups, and we were in the video room going, like, that's what it looks like when you have a closer. I mean, that's just, you know, he raised our level. And, you know, raised our IQ and everything about it. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the stuff that Chris brought with him. Um, that said, I think if the Knicks trade for him, it would be a disaster. Um, like, yeah, could they, would would they be better immediately? Yeah. But we're like, I feel like we're like a year and a half away. And I also think that you run the risk of like one guy trying to change the culture into just being competitive. Like, the East is actually going to be really, really, really good. Like, I just, I'm not sure, I, I think the I think most fans are going to be slow to come around to it, but, like, Brooklyn's got Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Brooklyn's pretty right. good. They had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, right? The the Boston Celtics are were, like, a year away. I, I don't know if Kemba will ever be, is, I, I, he might be a little bit over the hill, but, I mean, Jason Tatum is pretty close, right? Milwaukee is really good. I think Philadelphia is going to be better with with Doc. I I I don't know your feelings there. And Toronto's pretty much established as of kind of what they are. And I would I would think Siakam will come back better because of this experience. Like I the the, the Knicks even if they if they can acquire like they're going to I mean, you know what Oklahoma City's going to do? You're going to get they're going to get way more than they should for a guy who they need to move on from to save some money. And I feel like the Knicks are going to get a guy who for a year is going to make them better, but it's going to frustrate the shit out of Chris Paul. And it's not It's like, okay, fine, it makes him a playoff team, which is going to frustrate him because he really wants to compete for a championship. I just think it's a terrible landing spot for him, you know, in, in that sense of everything you said from the Knicks' advantage point is right on, you know, and this isn't, you know, this should be a year that they actually try to tank and continue to build with their young guys. They're right. always constantly trying to, to, to make to pull off the trade to to jump into 
uh, being a contender and, and, and skip steps. But yep. They have not been successful with that in like 20 years. So, you know, it's time for them to start thinking like, let's build first. Let's build group core young talents and things like that. That's why I wasn't a big fan of the Thibodeau hiring because I know with Tiz, he wants to win right away. So they're going to try to make big, splashy moves and things like that instead of trying to build a program. But ultimately for Chris, too, you know, part of the magic that he was able to kind of create in Oklahoma City was because he didn't have to do everything for the first three quarters. Right. You know, he had Gallinari, he had Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he had uh, Dennis Schroeder, who all those guys could carry the load, and then he just got to come in at crunch time. You know, and I think for him, this is a, a, a tough scenario. You go to the Knicks, it's a situation where you have a coach that we all know is, is will grind you to death, you know, and, and, and run you ragged and, and things like that. And, and I think it's just a bad spot. For me, if I'm if, if I was somebody in Chris's camp, I would be trying to get him somewhere else, a, a place like Milwaukee or a place like Philly, in the sense of at least he doesn't have to do everything for three quarters. You know, he can kind of sort of just manage everything, kind of play the same role he played in Oklahoma City, just with higher caliber teammates and a, and a higher ceiling. And I think that's something that, you know, I, I hope happens for Chris, because I want to see Chris compete for a championship. I don't want to see him on a, yeah. Nick's team that's going to run him into the ground, and and I don't know if he'll be able to finish the season if they if he ends up there and 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 they play him thirty eight minutes a game or things like that. Like I just don't think that's a, a great spot for him. You know, um, it's interesting. The two best places for him: Milwaukee and the Clippers. <laughs> right, and I don't know what the Clippers would have to give. Uh, you know, they're obviously not sending Paul George back. Uh, but uh, and I, I just don't know if you could if they, that 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 marriage, although there's so many different pieces, could 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 happen again. Um, last thing you mentioned, you're spending your time in San Antonio, and it feels like the magic is gone there. Um, just you know, obviously, Pop's gone through things in his personal life, losing his wife, but having to trade away Kawhi Leonard obviously com- completely changed where they stood in the kind of landscape of the league. But what was that like? Why why? Uh, Outside of having great players, why was that organization um, able to not just win championships, but, I mean, look around the league and so many guys spent time in San Antonio. You mentioned Bud and so many other so many other guys. What was it that made it so special in San Antonio? You know, the first thing, I think, was the top-down ownership let the guys they hire do their jobs. And... Pop, as, as team president, understood the most important thing that I think a lot of front offices and, and coaches kind of lose sight of sometimes. It's all about the players. It's what's good for the players, not what's good for the front office or the coaches. The players were the, were the ones that were always on their mindset. What's, what's good for them? And I think putting them first and, and, and making sure that they were constantly taken care of made a big difference. You know, and they were you know, the, the Spurs did something I never – it's it's silly. This is going to sound dumb, but it's something I never really kind of saw and maybe other organizations do or have done in the past. But, you know, the Spurs, you know, by the time when you make the playoffs, it's funny. All the coaches – I mean, all the players' wives and, and, and girlfriends all receive gifts, you know, almost like, it. you know, we understand you're part of this too. And, and, and keeping the families included and things like that, like – they just they get it, Doug. At the end of the day, they understand that it's about the players first, 
And I think sometimes we have coaches that lose sight of that, and and it, it, you can see it. And that's why they're able to have the longevity that they had. And then the other thing, too, was they valued their culture. They created a culture. This is who we are. This is what we want. This is what we look for in players. Yes, you're a very talented player, but you don't really fit our culture, so we're not interested. You know, and they were very selective in that process. And sometimes they passed up on guys that, you know, they, they <laughs> in hindsight, probably regret. But they valued the culture and wouldn't risk that over, you know, bringing in somebody that could cause a problem in the locker room or be an issue for them. And I think that's something, again, that we're, we're kind of seeing with Miami, you know, in the heat culture. You know, they understand their culture. They, they actually even went through some tough times bringing in a couple of guys that didn't fit their culture. And, you know, they, they made a point to get them out and start to start to kind of get back to who they are. So I think those are the two things that really make the difference in San Antonio is they understand what's the most important thing and then they under, and, they, and they value their culture. And because of that, they had the longest one. I mean, the longevity of it's amazing, right? Like, what was it, 21 straight years of making the playoffs? Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't beat that. You know, and, and they understood everybody mattered and everybody takes part in it. And I think that was ultimately the the thing that's kind of set them apart. So, if, you know, the magic's gone, the magic's gone, but it's, it was a hell of a run. It was a hell of a run. Mo, great stuff, man. Awesome catching up with you. Love your breakdowns and uh, continued uh, personal success to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, no, thank you for having me, Doug. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. All right, last week we did a lot of college with John Rothstein. This week we did some pros. Um, I have a special guest upcoming this Sunday, which means it'll drop Monday. You do not want to miss our next All Ball. In the meantime, make sure you listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on iHeartRadio, or you can download it whenever you download this podcast. And uh, tell a friend about this one, because we continue to grow. We're at nearly a million downloads a month, and we want to grow this thing and continue to get better and better guests and have more and more fun and talk all the ball that we can talk. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks so much for Moda Kilf to join us. This is All Ball. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? 
Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 